Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast, all one word. Hey there, just a quick heads up. This episode, Tim and I are talking about very real events going on in the world and kind of hit a bit of a doomsday spiral. We all do the doom scroll sometimes. If you're not in a place mentally where you want to be exposed to that right now, I totally get it. Skip the episode, come back next week, take care of yourself. And if you're down to talk about everything going on in the world, enjoy. If you expect your brand to be Amazon 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, then you're doing it wrong. People think they need to emulate that level of success. My community eventually one day or today, right? It needs to be just as big as Amazon's community. What people don't realize is your brand, if you're doing it right, should feel, look, taste, you know, it shouldn't connect to the Amazon brand. Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Community Experience Podcast. I am your hostess, Jillian Benbow, and this week I am talking to a delightful, delightful human. I guarantee you will smile at some point during this call because Tim has the most infectious laugh in a good way, good infection, and is just so kind and complimentary. I feel like he and I were just like, oh, no, you're the best. No, thank you. The laugh, man. He's got a great laugh, which is always a great thing. So who is Tim? Who is Mr. Future of Work? We start talking and we just jump right off and we talk about some really great things. But because we do that, we kind of skip the whole who are you? (laughs) So I'm going to fill you in on that. Here, Tim Salau is Mr. Future of Work and is the executive chairman, CEO, and co-founder of Guide, the experience group and collective that owns Big Black Tea, a direct-to-consumer tea brand, and Guide, a SaaS learning and talent development brand. He does all the things. He's an author, venture investor, accomplished international keynote speaker, Fun fact, he's the only Nigerian-African-American activist and global authority leading and shaping the discussion of the future of work, leadership, and innovation. He does all the things, including the Guide Group, which is the world's largest global future of work community with over 300,000 members worldwide. The community includes business leaders, professionals, and students who are passionate about leading in the future of work and achieving career fulfillment. Yeah, so he's one of those guys, aka total overachiever, just really doing it all. And we talk about all sorts of things to do with brand communities, but also just grassroots communities, and just a lot of what I like to call a la carte inspiration, looking at communities or organizations and seeing what they have that works and and seeing how that can play out in your community. We live kind of product test a brand that he has been looking into and look at how they connect with their users. We are all over the place in the best way. Without further ado, I will just let you listen so you can enjoy that laugh and see you on the other side. 
Welcome to this episode of the Community Experience Podcast. And I am here with Tim Salau, who we have been just like laughing. We finally just had to hit record because we're just two peas in a pod having a blast. So Tim, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jillian. It's an honor speaking with you. Literally, you're making my morning. So I really appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you so much. So I didn't realize this until, and this is part of why we hadn't hit record yet, but Tim knows our producer, David. And David actually mentioned yesterday, because he knew we were recording today, and he's like, Tim has the best smile. And I didn't know what that meant. And so actually getting on the call this morning, I'm like, I see it. Yep. So likewise, I'm not a morning person and my morning is going fantastic. Thanks to you. <laughs> and that smile. Oh, thank you, Julian. I really appreciate that. I, you know, people often like, dude, do you really smile? Because as a CEO, you kind of have to be like operation and very focused. But I like to bring some joy to my day and hopefully have others feel the joy as well. So I, I'm, I'm really grateful that you said that. Thank you. Makes my day. I've talked about this on the show before, but like from a state of like humanity and, and like just where we are, like it can feel so overwhelming sometimes just all the things happening and just the simple act of like trying to improve someone's day with a smile is it matters, you know, like little things add up. Oh my God. It's the little things you could just help say, tell them they're doing a good job. They, they deserve a promotion. Oh my God, Jimmy, I think that we should just dive in through that. I think that speaks to a lot of what I think about when it comes to community. People think it's the big things like, you know, let's invest in a nonprofit <laughs> or let's partner with this big brand to like show our community that we're doing something big. Like a lot of big brands always want to do the biggest thing. But what you realize is that like people don't care as long as they feel like you're being an authentic brand and like you're actually making an effort locally, right? Locally, globally, however you do it. But do you actually understand the sentiment of what's going on? And most brands and operators that I talk to, they have no idea what's going on. And even for right now, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Because when I think of like a brand community in particular, I don't have like the best feelings about it because a lot of times it's like, well, why do they have a community? It's just a advertising ploy, right? And I'm sure, and you probably have some good examples of brand communities that are the opposite, that do it really well. But I think a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I should create a community for my brand. And then they're like, ah, I don't like what to do now. And we see the big players do it just really inauthentically. You know, it's, it's, I think a money grab. Yeah. And this is speaking to those who are small business owners and building their community. You know, there's the big brands such as like, let's say, for example, a high tech company like Amazon. And I'm, I'm using that because, you know, tech is something which I've been in for so long now. Their community has existed for so long, right? They are in multiple channels. They have such a huge ecosystem. They have a lot of capital. They have, you know, they have a lot of brand recognition, right? It is foolish for you to think that on day one, <laughs> when you start a business, that your presence as a brand is going to be as strong as Amazon's community. That's ludicrous, you know, because brands don't evolve and their communities don't evolve the way, like, let's say, you know, a local school community evolves. Like, it really does take some time and you need life to happen. 
It's true. Well, and you think like Bezos back in the day, you know, it was a bookstore online. It was not what it is now. And it was like, so one of the most fun things to do is to use the Wayback Machine to go look at like early Amazon and see like how crappy it is, like the UX. <laughs> it's like that, that saying, like, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or in Amazon's case, advanced middle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I love your point about Bezos, um, Julian. You were mentioning that they were a bookstore for it. You know, it takes time to, to build what it is now. But I think one of the things people don't also realize is that it not only takes time, but it takes a lot of effort. I think one of the things I respect, you know, he's not a perfect person about Mr. Bezos is that he just put in the work, right? And he did what he had to do. He understood the power of brand and community and people and culture and all of that. That's And that's what he's supposed to do as, as, a, as an executive of a company. But where I kind of often am saddened is when a lot of people think they need to emulate that level of success, if you get what I'm saying. Like my community eventually one day or today, right? It needs to be just as big as Amazon's community. And what people don't realize is Amazon is an e-commerce brand. That's what, I mean, like it's it, it succeeded by evolving in that nature. But your brand, if you're doing it right, should feel, look, taste, you know, it shouldn't connect to the Amazon brand. Like you can use some of Amazon's like, cultural principles and be inspired by Mr. Bezos. But if you expect your brand to be Amazon 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, then you're doing it wrong on day one because you're not actually connecting with the people you need to speak with. So, you know, you just got to think like that when you are a community leader. Would love to get your further thoughts on it, Jillian. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have a lot of hot takes on and opinions about Amazon, so I'll just hold those to myself. Other than I just have to say, if anybody listening is going to be the future Jeff Bezos and you spend all your money on a rocket to exit the planet, I'm going to be upset that you got any tips from this. No, but I agree with what you're saying. And the community is not an overnight success. It's definitely, it's a slow burn. So... I like the idea of, you know, look at look at the big players and like, what do they do that you admire? What do they do well? And does that make sense? Is there a way to do a version of that in your community? But the things that don't serve you, like underpaying your employees and things like that, maybe we don't do that. You know, pick and choose. It's a la carte. A la carte inspiration. No, I love that, Julian. Let me ask you a question. You know, community leader to community leader, right? Because we're all community leaders to a degree. You know, what are some brands yeah. right now that are tickling your fancy, that are inspiring you in culture in terms of how they're doing community? That is such a juicy question. So lately I've been like low-key stalking um, Morning Brew, which they do a lot of like newsletters and digests and things, but they have a learning community and they have a piece uh, of that. Actually, Kyle... I always say his last name wrong. I think it's Haggy. Kyle, if you're listening and I said it wrong, I'm sorry. He's their their head community manager there for their learning communities. And he was on the show a few weeks ago. And since then, I've been looking at everything they do because it's such a big brand. You'd almost not realize they have this whole learning community side. And it's done so seamlessly. And like the branding translates from their newsletter and like content piece of their business to their learning community side of their business. It's just cool how they do it all. And I love that it's a reference to coffee. 
yeah. first and foremost. Morning brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, and they, they've been doing it for so long. I believe they recently sold to a, a larger publication and they're going strong and they integrated with them. So I'm always like buying products and <laughs> just to learn and test what's in the market. A brand I would love to mention, and you know, it's doing community okay. It's called this, uh, it's a it's a tech company called Glocal Me. Um now, you know, I I researched this brand and I don't think they're like the biggest brand in the world. But essentially the product that they provide is portable Wi-Fi. And they're based out of China. But I think I had a support issue with them recently, and I was actually really surprised by how fast they responded in email. Now, email is like not a, you know, it's a support channel that you don't expect a lot from because, you know, people are busy. But they responded really fast to me, and then I was able to kind of like troubleshoot based on some of the steps they gave. It's interesting. I don't think they have like a deep connection with their community based on what I'm seeing on Twitter. Um, and, they're, and I don't even think they have an Instagram, but I actually think that's okay. <laughs> like I'm not really interested in like having a conversation with them. I just want to make sure that my Wi-Fi hotspot works effectively. And if I have an issue, you help me out, right? Like that's all I care about. And I think that's interesting because often people think that community is about always being on and always looking for a way to connect. But what about the brands that actually or that want to like be distant from their communities? They don't want to always be in their face and they want them to experience the product versus always having to, how do I say this, create a conversation with them. And I don't know, when you think about branding, like, oh, wow, there's like a spectrum and it's a community and brand brand communities, you start to realize not every community is the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's what's interesting about brand communities, I think, because the model that seems the most successful is the support community style. So like Apple is such a good example of a well-done support community because like you got to like I was having a problem with my magic mouse. I can go to their support forums and someone will have asked the question you know, the the tech question that I have a question about. And so I can probably get an answer without ever actually engaging in the community in any way. Like I didn't have to post anything. I just searched for the issue I was having. Someone had already had it and other people had already answered it. And they have it set up so that you can kind of be like a, and I'm probably getting the terminology wrong, but you can kind of be like an expert as just like a community member, as a tech enthusiast. And so Apple's created this space for Apple enthusiasts to participate and kind of be connected to Apple without being like staff, which is, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but it works very well. Like their model, I think, is a good example of it working. And then if you can't figure it out in the support forums, then you can contact them and get that like direct support or you can head to the Apple store if you live near one, if you are so lucky to live near one. But I think that's such a great example. Everything you're saying is so much facts. Um, I've studied their support model and it's um, it's really powerful. Apple yeah. does so many things right because they just think. <laughs> like they just think about it. Like they're like, well, let's just do the obvious here. And even down to like how um, support can be, they can start online or how they adapted during the pandemic. They really, oh my God, they did so much to adapt through the pandemic. It was, I was like, wow, like y'all are really being quick on your feet here. So I love that gem, Julie. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. You're so sweet. But I mean, to your point, I think for a like a product brand, like, do you have to have an Instagram? No. It's interesting because I, I feel like it's because uh, I'm always like kind of gauging communities based on what is the, the feeling that the brand is giving online. Right. Let's start there. 
right? It's very curated, corporate, and they're trying to give you this natural feel. But whereas us at our company, we are like authentic, natural, um, like let's be very in the season, in the in the moment type of uh feel, yeah. right? And then we'll curate some stuff, right? But you could you can get kind of get that feel is is what I often tell our team we want to invoke. These are the things I often do as a community leader and as a brand person to see like how do I get inspired? What can I do differently? Are we doing things right? Are we like way off? Because you feel a brand as soon as you go to their Instagram or their Twitter. Yeah. So I think this is a good moment because <laughs> we just went in and we didn't even talk about what you do and the guide group. So let's talk about your community as a community builder. What's going on with the guide group? Oh, the guide group has been around for a long time now. It's been 3.3 years that we've been in business, Jillian, which is something I'm grateful for. I want to be honest with you, Julian. I never thought I would see myself being a CEO. And now I'm a chairman, which is really weird. That's literally all I do. I sit on my chair <laughs> and I help our team. <laughs> I sit on my chair and I help if they need me. And I don't help if they don't. I just try to get out of their way. Seriously. Um, they're pretty brilliant people. But I've been really surprised to see our growth over the last three years, honestly, for a few reasons, because we're still growing. And for us, I think when I think about our community, you know, I think we're doing what we can, but we actually haven't even like we haven't we're not doing enough, to be honest with you. Like it's um, I think especially for the last two years, if you think about it, Jillian, you know, we're coming from a pandemic to now a recession, eventually potentially a depression. And then there's a war. Like, imagine what's going on right now. But with that said, my focus on, on like, how do we connect during a time of war? And I'm figuring that right now, figuring that out right now. So even if it's not that we have Ukrainian customers or Russian customers, right? This is actually affecting people mentally, psychologically. And if it's affecting people mentally, where, you, uh, where else do we think it's going to affect people in terms of how they spend? And how much time they're spending online or with their families, right? So for me, like people often think for me as a leader, all I'm thinking about is sales. I mean, if we make money, we make money, right? Like if the people want to buy our products, they buy our products. Like I'm not, that's not my end all be all. What I really care more about is that, are we even going to have a humanity to sell to at this point? <laughs> if this continues to, no, like seriously, if this continues to affect people mentally, affect people's wallets, and more importantly, their livelihoods, right? If you think about that. And for me, it's been really tough because I've been doing a lot of research on like future products and innovations and, and just thinking about our team. And I'm just realizing this war isn't going to end. People think it's going to end tomorrow. No, it's not. So as a CEO, it's really tough. I don't, I wouldn't give this job to anybody. It's, it's, it's something that, cause I can't even explain the things that I have to think about. <laughs> Now, because you have to look at a lot of different perspectives and it's not just mine that matters anymore at this point. Yeah, I think it's a burden to carry in many ways and like be it CEO leading a company or even like leading a community. I empathize because as someone who's kind of like the face of a community, you kind of feel like, all right, everything's like toxic positivity in a way. Let's talk about lead magnets, you know? And it's just like, oh, it's all meaningless, actually. And like, <laughs> will we be alive in a year? I don't know. Yeah. And it's hard. I think I think <laughs> Welcome to the Doomsday episode. <laughs> like, you know, Doomsday Theory, Armageddon, like, you know, or being a real pragmatic optimist. 
Because optimism, people think optimism is always being happy all the time. No, it's not always being happy about uh, all the time. I think with your community, you always have to give a level of optimism, abundance, inspire them, especially at a grassroots level. If you have a small community and if you have a big community, it doesn't even matter. It's like everyone knows your brand and, and what you uh, offer. It's actually really just about being there, being present. We're not looking to force conversations around a war right now through our socials. Because we all know we're in a war. If anything, what we're looking to do is to protect our community, make them feel safe. The more we tell you you're in a war, the more you're frightened, right? So like, if you're actually any brand right now, if this is not the time to get billboards on, let's win this war, right? <laughs> like, you're not, don't make these moves. Like, And these are what a lot of brands do. They're really reactive. Like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to crush COVID-19. We're going to beat it to, to the brand. Like, they do really aggressive tactics. To be like, okay, we're present. Or like, let's start putting our marketing around a perspective war. We're going to help Ukraine. We're going to save them. We're going to donate. We're going to do all of these things for relief. Okay, cool. Like, you're supposed to do that. But every second you're putting that in your customer's face, think about how they feel. Every day you want to remind them that they're in a war. That's uncomfortable for me. It's like, thanks. Thanks. I know. <laughs> Is there anything in particular with your community that y'all are doing to to kind of like hold space for people to just kind of have that that place for people to connect? So what we've done, honestly, and I really did this out of fear. I did this out of fear because I've been paranoid lately. I'm not even gonna lie to you. And we've actually shared safe zones with them on where they can work out from. People think that paranoia is like a thing that's like it shows that someone's mentally unstable. No, it shows that they're mentally aware of what's going on right now in our universe and in our in our countries. And people are like, you know, spending money, they're walking as if, you know, right now everything is perfect. And look, like, you know, live your life, even in, in, in a war and a storm. But what I'm realizing is that no one actually cares that a dictator is literally hurting innocent children and people. And no matter where you live, you should care, right? So I, we share safe zones with our community because we don't know where they live. I don't know where everyone lives that we serve. So look, these are places where you all can work out from, you all can meet people from, and they're the least likely to be attacked by a domestic terrorist or even a foreign terrorist, right? In times of war, you have to be a, a secure brand. You can't be a brand that's all about buy, buy, buy from us. You have to approach things from how can we make you feel safe and like, you know, like you will live through this thing without always reminding you that you're in a war. So what does that mean to like a safe place to work? Is it digital? Is it like an actual like geographic location that is like literally oh, actual geographic locations? Like we're, we told them work out of libraries, work out of coffee shops and tea shops because they're publicly and privately owned. If you're traveling, you know, airport, like they have federal oversight and local oversight and they're really actually uh, really safe due to the amount of security you have in airports now, right? In addition to that, we've been recommending like very like just obvious things, right? And you know, for me, like I've lived quite a bit of a life. I've seen a lot, but that actually helps because, you know, we serve digital nomads. We serve remote workers. We serve people who are creatives, like, you know, and creatives are, they're always creating somewhere, right? So I'm, I, you know, what I'm hoping is that maybe we're reaching them because we care, like, because we're telling and we're recommending this. But the fact that a, a brand would even try that is what we want, like, just notice that we're trying, right? That we're not perfect at all. Because I haven't seen Amazon doing that. <laughs> well, 
Amazon doesn't let their workers leave the warehouses. So <laughs> they're like, well, just come to the warehouse. It's perfectly safe. You can sleep here. You can fulfill orders in your in your sleep. Well, I think this is interesting because, I mean, you're right. Like when you first were talking about this, I, it took me a minute to kind of see what like where it comes from. But it, it makes sense because your members, like you said, are digital nomads. And so, of course, no, you don't always have reliable Internet. This is also explaining why you like that geo local or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, like, you know, you need to find places to go work, but it can be scary because you're like, well, where do I go? So having that conversation and kind of leaning into the concept, like, yeah, we live in a batshit world right now, but you still got to pay your rent or, you know, whatever. So here's, here's some curated tips from us to help you do that. Like, it makes a lot of sense for the community you're serving. And Julian, that's exactly it right there. My goodness. And that's the thing that I'm like, how is this not obvious for other brands right now? I don't even care if we are making sales right now. That's not even what I, I don't, I'm not even like nowadays, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you as a CEO and chairman, (laughs) I'm not even looking at, yeah, like revenue right now. Like, what does that mean to me? That doesn't mean anything to me right now because we're literally at a point right now. And this is, it's truly heartbreaking that I have to say this, right? where there might not even be a humanity left for us to serve and help at the rate we're going. And, you know, when you when I even the fact that I'm saying this in 2022, it hurts my heart because that just shows if I'm saying this. Right. And I'm not I'm not smarter than anyone else. Look, we all have access to the same insight, the same information, the same Internet. Right. What is someone else that is not me feeling? Right. That is not in the best situation that doesn't own a company that, you know, that doesn't have friends. I think right now as a society and also as even in America, we need to have some really tough conversations right now. And not not everything is bad. Like, that's not what I'm saying. It's not like we're in the 1913s. Right. (laughs) Thank goodness. Right. But sometimes it kind of feels like it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it does, right? But what are we really doing right now? Like in America, how are we, I don't know. I don't know, Julian. And this is a digression, but it really goes back to grassroots community building, right? And like, you just have to be at the heart of like, what is going on with your peoples right now? Like your people, your community is your peoples. And if you're not at the heart of what's going on with them, they're going to leave. They're going to, they're not going to connect with you anymore. Seriously. That's one place that I think grassroots and like smaller communities have the advantage over, say, the Amazons and the Nikes and like big brands is that we can we can be a little, you know, we can we can poke the man with the stick. We can poke the bear and and be a little cheeky and, and stand up for things and like kind of say like, hey, you know what? This is a very real thing that we all are dealing with. And so here's some support resources relevant to our community, like you're doing with yours. And, and we can say those kind of things. And it's we don't have to talk to six different, you know, corporate legal teams to get approval for the message. Like we can just be real. And then that can hopefully inspire other people to, like you said, start modeling that behavior, start having those conversations maybe in other communities they're a part of, whether it's their local community, their family, their school, because it kind of is, we kind of just have to accept like, hey, we're in a hard spot. We're in a hard spot societally, humanity, like you said, 
And as communities, we can, how do we talk about it in a way that makes sense in our, our specific niche communities that we run? And maybe that, you know, it's like the little, the trickle effect, like or not trickle effect. What's it called? The butterfly. Anyways, whatever it's called, <laughs> like maybe little changes here can kind of, yeah, help, help people feel comfortable having those conversations or, or, or allowing themselves to think that way. I mean, I know every time I walk into any public space, I'm looking like, where are the exits? I mean, frankly, I live in a like simulated shooter scenario. Like I'm thinking about it so much and I live in, you know, a pretty small place, but I was also, you know, Columbine happened when I was in high school in Colorado. Like it was a very, it's, it's personal as you know, so, and we all have, sadly, we all have our, the experiences. I mean, at, we're recording this, I think very recently last week was the Buffalo grocery store, a grocery store massacre. Yeah. And like that is so tragic. I mean, so tragic on so many levels, but just the fact that someone can be so angry and take it out on a group of people that have like, not, like minding their business, like just, yeah, it's so hard. And then you look at the history, the history of that grocery store in particular, like it was a community rally to get just the whole, all of it. It's just so, and I think, I think my point that I'm trying to get to is uh, I think we're all getting kind of numb to the daily violence in this country. And it's okay for us to take a step back and say, no, it's not okay. We can't accept this. This wasn't some lone gunman with a mental health issue. Like this is, this is terrorism. And this is like, there's a movement that's behind this in many ways. And it's like, we have to come together and say like, we're all brothers and sisters. <laughs> let's come together and find a common ground. And like, let's move forward because it's just getting, it's so bad. And it, and it's so easy to just, to not engage when these things happen. It's easy to just be like, oh, that's awful. And then la da da and go back to our, our merry way. And, and I think some people like it's a mental health boundary where they're like, I can't take on any more tragedy, but it's, but we also can't just like let it keep going. It's an interesting conversation to have as community builders. And like, how do we, how do we address these things without it turning into like a political debate? Because that's like the worst thing ever in digital community. It's <laughs> like, no, please stop. But also like, how do we have productive conversations in our spaces, especially the, the communities we lead to then maybe, and whatever I was calling butterfly effect, trickle effect, the thing I just made up, but I think we know what I'm trying to say. How do we help foster that change from these grassroots corners of the world, you know? Yeah, no, it's 100% truth, um, Jillian. I read the same news. I've been keeping tracks with that to the depths of like the evil of it and how the the individual, the person that did it, went to the lengths of documenting every single intentional thing that he did. And now his uh, yeah. his defenders are trying to plead a mental health argument, which is just pure tomfoolery, to be honest with you. Um, that in itself is, it, it, it just encapsulates how I feel. If I feel like this and my life is okay, my life isn't perfect, it's okay. I can just imagine how others feel. We got to do better, for, in my opinion, as as grassroots community leaders. Like we, at this time, we have to like we we can't even you have we have to stand out in a way where 
you know, our brand can be our brand can be But now it's like we individually as leaders have to find ways to do better. Like, and I'm actually going through that process right now, just being more connected with my own local community. I can't save the world. I'm no one's savior. I think this re- this savior complex that a lot of males have in the tech industry, but also in other businesses and industries, it's it's disgusting um, because no one person on this earth is a savior at all. So that's, that's my perspective, but I really love your points, Jillian. Oh, well, I think, yeah, I think it's overwhelming, right? And I think you and I can declare it here, you know, because this is everyone's listening, of course, you know, the most popular show. But like as everyone listening is is a community builder in some sense. And so Tim and myself and all of you, like this is this is a moment in time where it's like, yeah, we may all feel helpless in the bigger picture. But we can make an impact in our corners of the world and in our communities we lead, in our local communities. And as community builders, I challenge all of us to think about how do we have these conversations? How do we support our communities in an honest way that is helpful? And like to your point, like your example of talking about safe places to work, like how can we all do that in our own communities? I think it's a good conversation for us to continue to have. And continue to work towards. And maybe that'll give us a, a, some sense of stability, or at least that we're, we're helping in the way we can right now. And that's, that's what we all need to be doing anyways, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Julia. Those words have brought calm to my heart. So shout out to those who are listening. You know, send Jillian a thank you note for everything that she's doing for the community. Mm. Or just just pay it forward. Just pay it forward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we took a turn. We're going to take a, a sharp pivot and get into our rapid fire. So if you're not familiar, this is something completely different. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Rapid fire. I'll ask whatever comes to your head first is the answer. And then we'll go to the next one. There are no wrong answers. And although I want to ask follow-up questions because I'm curious by nature, I will not. So I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to actually stick to rapid fire. (laughs) It's a hard concept for me. All right. So first question, Tim, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A doctor. I wanted to be a cardiologist. That's really who I wanted to be. I wanted to be a cardiologist in high school, but then I realized I don't want to work on hearts (laughs) and like blood is a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. That is a key part of heart surgery, yeah. heart doctors. Oh my gosh, it's just too much. It's too. It gets too messy. <laughs> no, no, seriously, like it's, okay. too, it's, it's like literally, <laughs> and literally, it's a. And you have to realize this as you're. Like, you're like, oh my god, it's crazy. It's like I, I still can't believe it. I was like, why did I think I, that's what I was going to become when I got older? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Tim, how do you define community? This is so powerful. This is a really community is community is a mindset. And I think I can further that and say it's it's built upon a belief system. So community is a mindset. All right. What is something on your so-called bucket list that you have done in your life? Oh, that I have done in my life. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. Oh my God, let me tell you something, Julian. I visited Oman, what, two years ago? Life-changing. Oman is one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. 
Oman. Um, if you ever get a chance, Jillian, you would love it. It will be a um, miraculous experience. So Oman. Jillian, let me tell you something. I'm actually thinking about leaving America. I'm not even going to lie to you. At this point, why not? <laughs> I'm 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 actually thinking about leaving. I haven't told anybody. I've, I've told you. <laughs> so it might be happening. You heard, you heard it here first. Breaking news. It's it's crazy. I'm I'm very yeah. scared. <laughs> I think we're all thinking about I'm, it. Yeah. I'm ready. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be the answer to this next question. What is something on your bucket list that you haven't done? <laughs> Leave America. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love America with, with my heart. You know, you know, I don't want to leave it, but if things go, I mean, I they, America doesn't need me. <laughs> so it just, okay, something on my bucket list that I haven't done. I haven't gone parachuting, Jillian, and I feel as if I should go parachuting. That's like something I should do. Like skydiving? Yeah, skydiving, parachuting. I haven't done that. Like, why not? You know, that's like a, that's such a natural thing to do. Is it jumping out of a perfectly good airplane? Oh, so skydiving, so parachuting is like being in the, in the balloon and just, and staying there. Oh. Yeah. Floating. So like a hot air balloon? Yeah, hot air balloon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Skydiving. Okay. Yeah. So people, people, you know, you you would equate them to the same thing, but they're different. It's funny. It's funny, right? So I haven't yeah. done that. Skydiving is is a different thrill. I haven't done that either, but I don't know if I want that kind of thrill. To be honest with you, <laughs> I rather parachute and just like glide in the sky. <laughs> and if I see if I see a hot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! It's so interesting. You you should do it, Jillian. You should parachute. You should parachute. Yeah, I like having my feet on the ground. I'm not. A I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a different thrill. It's a different thrill. People I'm sure. Have a, I'm a land animal. Okay, like it's not. I'm not trying to be in the sky. It's unless I'm unless I'm in a plane, which I have to be. But it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people don't understand. Like a lot of people have phobias. Um, that have to do with like heights, but more importantly, the sky. Because like we're not meant to fly. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's not natural to us. But I'm always interested in how like you know people who tell me they skydive before how I felt for them because they risked it, right. They took that risk and they had a support maybe, and but they were like, it's the best thing that I've ever done, and like. You know, I I would do it again. I'm just like, oh wow, you all are really crazy. <laughs> like you all are crazy in a good way, in a good way, right? Not in a bad way. You all are, you all are like thrill seekers. Yeah, risk takers. Not me. I'm boring. So I I may know the answer to this, but um, if you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Oh my goodness, Oman is on the list. But you know what? Someone said Hawaii to me recently. They told me that, you know, they would just love to go to Hawaii. And I know why people always say Hawaii. Hawaii is like a paradise destination. And Loki, right now we need paradise. You know, obviously it's a it's a tourist destination, but you, there's a feeling you get in Hawaii that you wouldn't probably get in Oman, right? So Hawaii, I think I would live in Hawaii for a while. Why not? For me, honestly, Julian, at this point, I've done all I can in America. 
Why am I, you know, like I've, I've done everything I can. I, and I, I, you know, I've, I've tra- and I travel so often, Julian. it's crazy how often I travel, uh, but it's not like crazy CEO travel. It's almost like, you know, three to four times a season. Sometimes I have busy months with um, speaking and whatnot, but you deserve to live in this life is what I've found. And we tell that to our community every single day. <laughs> you all deserve to live. Okay. So do whatever sets your heart on fire. Do it. Although technically Hawaii is in America, but this this is true. Do they want to be? That's up for debate. Preach, <laughs> <laughs> uh. preach. You know, it's so, it's so, I love that you say that. Oh my god, because that's a huge distinction. People go to Hawaii, but Hawaii is America. But when people say I'm going to Hawaii, they don't say it like they're going to America. They say it like they're going to escape America. If you've ever noticed that, right? And then you realize, but Hawaii is a part of America. But is it really? (laughs) Or do we just claim ownership of it, right? Yeah, that's a whole other episode. I go to Hawaii a decent amount. I love it. Like, it's my happy, like, and I get, like, I totally understand. And I, and I, kind of feel like have some guilt going there because I'm like, I'm a part of the problem because <laughs> there is, you know, the local culture is just being so, I mean, whitewashed for lack of a better term. And it's, you know, like everywhere in America where like locals can't afford to live in the, in their ancestral homes. And it's, it's a mess, but damn, if it isn't one of just the most like beautiful, like restorative places there's a reason people flock there from all over and to all the, to everyone living or visiting Hawaii. I, I, I mean, no disrespect. Final question, Tim, how do you want to be remembered? Oh my gosh. You know, it's, this is such a, you know, people often think of legacy as something that happens once you pass away, but it's really what, what you're doing today. And in the now, I don't want to be remembered, Jillian. <laughs> That's the thing. Cause I'm just doing my job. Like, you know, it's funny, right? Like, Man, there's so many egotistical CEOs that I've met in my few years of doing this at this point. It's just like, you're CEO. Okay, cool. I don't want to be remembered. That, and that's the reality. Like, there's no there's no reason that people should... The thing that I'm doing is I'm purely just doing what I'm supposed to be doing on planet Earth. I built a product. I have a community. I'm watching their back. If they watch my back, that's fine. If they don't, it's fine either. But I just want to be. You know, and like that, there's like this comfort in realizing that I'm not a megalomaniac or, you know, like that. there's no reason for that um, at this point in life. And so for me, I often I don't want to remember it. And, I, and that's why I was so interested early in what I was sharing with you, like the brands that try not to always be in their um, community space. There's, there's something interesting about that because people buy your products, but you always need to be in their face reminding them of obviously the reality they already live in. No, you just got to be there when they truly need you, right? And let them know that you're being present and of service. So for me personally, I don't want to be remembered. And if anything, all I need is a thank you or I want somebody to pay it forward. (laughs) You know, like, thank you, right? Like, that's it. Pay it forward. That's it. I love it. Well, that's the perfect place to end. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find out more about you and your brand? Where do they go on the internets? Yes. So if you want to follow me or connect with me, I am at mrfo.com, M-R-F-O-W, mrfo.com. That is my personal website. Love to speak with you and reach out to you at any 
capacity. If you want to learn more about our company, Guide, check out guideapp.co, guideapp.co. We've been growing for so much this last three years and, and three months, and we're, we've barely scratched the surface. We're just doing our best <laughs> in a changing world and society, but we, we really mean what we do um, at the end of the day, and we're looking to go bigger this year in terms of service and finding every single opportunity to connect with our community in real life, but enhance that virtually moving forward. And we're just grateful to be in the in business at this point because, you know, we're 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 surviving but still looking to thrive is is, is our focus. So I love that. Connect with us at guideapp.co. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on today's episode of the Community Experience. Jillian, thank you for having me. You are a wonderful host, and I wish every host was as amazing as you. Seriously. <laughs> Now I just know you're full of it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. I hope you smiled and laughed as much as we did in that episode. Despite a lot of heavy topics, we had a grand old time, and I hope you were along for that grand old time as well. Tim, man, he is just the best. So talked about a lot of things, as you know. And I think the thing that really kind of kept circling for me with with everything, everything we talked about is just like as a community looking for the productive conversations, despite maybe what's happening, protecting your community, but also just having that laser focus on what is it your community needs and wants and how am I serving that? So whether it's the a la carte I really like the way Amazon does this, or I really like the way Apple does that, or Global Me does this, but it doesn't really work for my community in that way. So I'm going to find a version of that. I'm going to use that as inspiration and make it work for my community. I love an a la carte option. I don't know about you. I also think, you know, we definitely talk about the doomsday of today and will we all be here? <laughs> in a few years or is this the end? And I joke because that's what I do. That's my coping mechanism. But I love Tim's outlook on there are terrible things happening in the world. What can I do that's specific to my community that is helping or is creating a protected space without having to maybe say, let's talk about what happened in the Russian invasion of Ukraine today? Instead, why don't we talk about local or, you know, if it's a global digital, just different resources that can help when you're feeling like overwhelmed with the world, things like that. Like, how do we have productive conversations that serve our community directly and not just relying on toxic positivity, but also not being a complete doomsdayer? Everything is meaningless. (laughs) finding the middle somewhere in there that that's actually valuable. How can we actually help people that are in our communities in a productive way? I think that's huge. I also just want to highlight the invitation invoked, given, distributed. I don't even know, but the invitation for all of us to figure out what positive impact can we make in our corner of the world and how can we support our communities, our own communities 
in very authentic ways that don't feel like performative, buy my product kind of things. Yeah. It's like, How do we show up and show that we care about something without it feeling gross? And Tim mentioned many times, you know, not actually even like caring per se about profits, that not being the priority, the people being the priority. And that's, you know, sadly not a common way that companies look at business because there is, there's overhead, there's, you know, financial things that's, that's too high risk for a lot of people to even think that way. But imagine a world where we did, right? So instead of worrying about selling a bunch of rainbow shirts to get the profit margins up, maybe it's like, what can we do? What actions can we take? What's more authentic to show that your company supports LGBTQ plus rights or is involved in Pride Month? Maybe it's, hey, we all took a paid volunteer day to go to a local Pride March, right? That feels very authentic. The fact that on a grassroots level, we can all make really meaningful change and we can find common ground and we can work together as people, regardless of a lot of belief systems, and we can just focus on being people. And I think as community builders, let's set that example because we have a lot more sway than I think we realize. And so if we are treating each other well and really working towards this, maybe butterfly effect, trickle down effect. I called it many things, but maybe y'all, maybe we're going to save the world and it started here. So yes, what are you going to do today to solve the world's problems, save the world, do it all? Just kidding. What are you going to do today to help protect your community, to make sure the values of your community are front and center and that your community is hopefully taking that outside of the community space that you know them in and putting it somewhere else. Let's sprinkle this everywhere. Okay, on that fantastic episode. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, follow all the things that podcasts need to survive. I appreciate it. Um, and hit me up on the Twitter sphere at Jillian Benbo on Twitter at Team SPI on Twitter. Let's talk about it. How does this work in your community? Do you have any insights? Let's all, let's figure it out together. And on that, let's end it. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next Tuesday. The best place to find Tim and all of the things he is doing is his website, timsalau.com. That's Tim, S-A-L-A-U.com. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbo. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.